at its September 16, 2020 meeting, the CAC Board of Control reaffirmed its September 3rd decision to cancel full contact football for the 2020-2021 school year. This decision was made in alignment with the Connecticut Department of Health's recommendation that football is a high-risk sport and should not be played this fall. The board, however, did agree that it would consider allowing competition at a later time for a sport that cannot hold its regularly scheduled season, such as football, provided it does not negatively impact spring sports. In its response to uh, CIAC, DPH continued to recommend substituting higher risk athletic activities with moderate risk or lower risk options and or postponing those activities to a later time. In alignment with those recommendations, by the end of this week, through our football committee, the CIAC will recommend low and moderate risk football activities in which schools may continue to engage their football athletes if they choose. Hello everybody and welcome once again to The Meat Grinder, your weekly dose of high school football in Connecticut. And at the top of the show, you heard the bad news coming out of CIAC. Glenn Lungarini on a Zoom press conference, uh, basically saying that the season is officially over and they're gonna do everything they can as possible to have some sort of activities for the fall. But of all the sports that's being played, we are not going to play a traditional high school football season here in Connecticut. And just the crushing news, it happened right after we had put our last, our first podcast of the season up, our now new Zoom podcast here of Game Time CT's Meat Grinder. And uh, and by the time we got it out, the season was over. So uh, that was the quickest uh, season in, uh, in Meat Grinder at Game Time CT podcast history. Joining me, of course, as always, is Pete Baguaga. Peter, how are you? Good, good. Um, unfortunately, the news did come down. I think it's news that a lot of us saw coming. Um, but still, nothing can compare you. Nothing can prepare you for the final, you know, nail in the coffin. The hammer's coming down. Like the season's not happening, and it sucks. You know, I there was like a little glimmer of hope after the rally where governor got involved and had the CIAC, you know, brought the CIAC and the DPH back to the table. Um, it seemed like the CIAC really put in a, a valiant fight, uh, but the DPH wasn't budging and they're the department of public health for a reason. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and, and talk numbers and science because I don't know it, you know, it's not our jobs. You know, it's like what a lot of coaches say. Like, we're not doctors. Um, so, you know, you, you put your faith in something like the Department of Public Health, that they have, the, the, what's, they have in mind what's best for public health. And yeah. uh, not playing football is what's in the best interest for public health in this state. Um, it does stink. And, uh, you know, we were talking this weekend, like, we'd probably be at a game. We'd yeah. probably be doing something, you know, at a game Thursday, Friday, you know, an early game Saturday. And then, this you know, we always what? had going into week three, right. Or yeah. we would have played two weeks already. I right? think, yeah, we'd be going into week three and you know, it's kind of sucks. Like those, you know, Sean and I on our way home from our games on Friday nights, we'll sit on the phone for like an hour when we're driving yeah. home talk about like what happened and then we work on our videos and we put together the website and then at like 2 30 in the morning we're back on the phone just trying to recap what you see what you know what did i see 
you know, we, I go, you know, Sean and I both go on like the Hartford Kern. We go on the new London day. We go on the record journal. We go on the Bristol press. And like, we just read everything that went on in the state. And uh, we don't get to do that this fall. No, it was really weird. I was up in Boston this weekend. And uh, usually when I, I usually love to go to Boston this time of year when it's, you know, when it's the, the leaves starting to change or the weather's getting a little cold and no leaves yet quite, but there are a few. And, uh, you know, not having a football game to go to when the, when the weather gets a little crisp and the, you put on the, start to put on the sweaters and the flannels and, and where am I going to wear my vests? Where am I yeah, going to wear my vests this year? Not having the football season to go to really, kind of really hit a home this weekend. And it really, like you said, it, it stinks. It stinks. And, you know, a lot of coaches and players, you know, we saw a lot of them out there expressing their opinions about how it it feels like, and a lot of coaches feel like football got singled out. They want to know why they want to know how 30 something other States are playing football this fall. Um, But, and, you know, they want to see where exactly they're willing to do what they wanted to do, uh, what they needed to do to, to uh, stay as safe as possible. But, you know, on the other side of it, you can see this thing's flaring up again as schools are getting back into it and our Connecticut's numbers are going back up. Schools um, are closing. I mean, schools, schools are, are closing. being shut down for days at a time, weeks at a time. The numbers are – the numbers should scare you. Like, uh, yeah. you know, not trying to be like this fear monger and like everyone should be scared and never leave their house, but like the numbers when they go up that should be like a red flag. Like it should be something that is scary. And I mean, I know like when I read that, I think it was like a middle school in Trumbull that closed because they had like a lot of potential cases and it's like, that's scary. And at the end of the day, and I feel like it gets lost sometimes is that they're student athletes. And like, I don't want to be that, you know, old man yelling at his, you know, off his porch, get off my lawn, but they're student athletes. And the student part is the most important part. And if they can't get into the classroom, then sports don't mean anything. And I think that's kind of what the big, I feel like that kind of got lost uh, in that did all of this. But yeah, that did. Here's my thing. I I think that there, I don't think if if football can't go, I don't know how you play soccer. And I, I know we've had doctors talk about that and they say, well, it's a little more spread out and a little bit, but there is some contact there. If you're going to be really hard line on, we don't want this to spread at all, which the DPH has been, uh, then why play anything that's anything remotely contact? We saw North Brantford had a case uh, on the field hockey team. That's, you know, we're, you know, a bunch of kids got quarantined. We saw New Canaan, you know, 55 kids are now in quarantine there. I mean, you got to be as really as, as strict as possible with this. And that's not, that's not a football thing either. That, that was a YMCA thing from what I understand. Uh, it's just the contact there. And yes, kids do not get affected by this as, as much as older people uh, like myself and, and others. Um, they don't get as affected, but at the same time, the EPH has been pretty consistent and they don't want it to spread except to the point where I'm like, well, why were the other sports are going to go? Either yeah, go it, or not. What's this football thing was, uh, that's, that's the thing that hurts the most. Like why football? Uh, well, over the I, I mean, there is a difference between football and soccer. I think. Yeah, there know, is. Obviously the NFHS, when they came out with their high risk, moderate risk, moderate risk, low risk, like football was a high risk. Um, soccer was a moderate risk, I believe. So like there is a difference there. 
That said, there is contact in soccer. There's a lot more contact in soccer than I think people think about and really imagine. Like you go and watch a soccer game and you're like, it's really intense. It's very um, banging bodies. Um, You know, there's not a lot of equipment gear, you know, when they're like going up for headers and stuff and, you know, corner kicks and stuff. But there is a difference than having, you know, five linemen, you know, lined up inches away from each other there is a difference. Yes, that is only for a short amount of time, but I think there is a difference in that than in soccer. Like you could play a soccer game and we've seen teams, you know, score one early and then play keep away for the rest of the game. Right. And like, so I, I you know, I get that there are differences. I think if they're going to take a shot with a sport to play, to take a chance, I think soccer is that sport. I don't think they were willing to take a chance with football. No, and I, 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 no, I understand because that. Because of the higher risk. And and, this, and we talked about this last time. And, you know, it's not about, yes, the fatality rate for kids who are in high school is very low. Very it low. It is very low. That's what the science tells us. You, you know, I'm Just not evidence, one to yeah. – Yeah, I'm not one to say science is wrong. You're out of your mind if you don't believe science. Um, and that said – it is not really, it is about the kids, but at the same time, it's about mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, your aunts and uncles, your cousins, you know, you hang out with a cousin, you live in Grand, and you hang out with your cousin who's from Fairfield, all of a sudden that spreads. And then you don't really know, you know, how far it can spread and who it can get. And, yeah. you know, the biggest thing for me during this was my biggest fear was always getting it. Not because I don't think that, someone my age could could handle it i'm in that you know i think 30 range whatever 21 to 30 whatever it is um so like it it's good for you know it's better for people my age but like what if i gave it to my dad what if i gave it to my mom like my dad's sick yeah i think a lot of people listen one death is too many and then, you well, know now we're, way we, too many. we have gone we've gone over a hundred and two hundred thousand here in, in the country and, uh, you know, Connecticut's cases are going up. You know, there are not as many deaths as, as there were. We will, we will see. But here's, the, here's the other thing, though. Uh, cases, because kids are going to that school, I'm pretty sure that has a lot to do with this. But all these states that are playing full sports right now, they've already started this season. They have been skyrocketing cases. Utah, who was director we had on last week, Utah has gone up 100%. Um, and, and one of their top football uh schools corner canyon has basically shut down and a teacher is in icu um you also have north dakota south dakota wisconsin um arkansas nebraska tennessee high not spiking as much but high iowa dipped going back up again texas slightly trending up um so you know is there is this a football sports correlation i don't think it's specifically related to those but it's interesting to see how when we go back to school, these numbers start to go up. In September, it's getting colder out and all that stuff. And now the numbers are starting to go back up. You know, I think the idea here is why exacerbate it by playing high-risk sports like, like football. So, you know, I, I get that, uh, I, and I understand that. But what Glenn Lungarini was warning throughout this thing, Glenn Lungarini, the CIC executive director, is without some sort of structure in place like football season – what were they going to do and what was going to happen? A lot of these other sports would probably go out to play AAU. Now we're hearing rumblings of a football, uh, a, a football club sport, not even a club sport, a privatized some sort of football league 
We know the Fairfield County guys are talking about it and speaking away. We will have on the great Lou Marinelli to give us a little insight into what's going on in Fairfield County. Now we know very, that, very candid, very candid interview. Yeah. Great interview with him. Yeah. We have, we're trying to keep it a little light with him. We started <laughs> off with the tough stuff, but we got into uh, some of the light stuff. He's got a lot of guys who are actually playing now. Drew Pine being one of them in our name, you know, Zach Allen uh, with the Arizona Cardinals and so on. They've had a great run, but Lou can give us a little bit of insight into what the plan is there. You know, and, uh, you know, we've heard of other schools looking at, but by and large, I don't think you're going to see this big league spring up. I mean, we're talking, you put out a great uh, list of just the, the equipment and how much that is going to cost. And how much was it, Pete? It was, range was between 18 to like 40,000. Right, for, um, for to a team. Outfit a team. And, there, and those were some low numbers that I was given. Uh, low prices, obviously, teams and programs, athletic departments, there are multiple uh, companies that do sell equipment in bulk like that. So I was, you know, told that it's pricier. So, right. so you mean, have that. GoFundMe's pop up. We've been seeing GoFundMe's pop up all over the internet asking for a lot of money yeah, and asking people to donate to give these $300,000. You need to get space for, for fields. A lot of coaches are kind of frustrated. They don't know where they're going to be playing or practicing. That's another hurdle. A lot of school districts might not even have the stomach to even deal with that. They, Lou Marinelli later on will talk about how you know they try to maybe try and get it a, make it a club so it was still under the school auspices. But in that case, you can't do it because DPH says, no, we don't want to play football. But that includes clubs. Uh, so, so that's a problem. Um, but then you also have the problem of, you know, right now, New Canaan's dealing with 55 people in quarantine, kids in quarantine. Um, and now I'm looking down here and seeing the news just pop over that Notre Dame, the University of Notre Dame is a game versus Wake Forest has been postponed because of uh, COVID cases on the team. You know, New Canaan probably wouldn't be playing this week. Well, that's if, what if I was going to say. Yeah, yeah like I mean, if so there's a lot of what my point is, there's a lot of like, it's just this time. There's no, there's no easy answers. This yeah. time is just absolute. It's brutal, and it's up to everybody's risk where they want their risk to be. The DPH has basically said we don't want to exacerbate it at all. We're going to try and get kids back to school because let's face it, they kids need to be back in school. They need to have some sort of structure there, and just to deal with all these sports would be is, is tough, especially one like football. But why? I mean, why even play the other sports too? I mean, it's just. Yeah, it's, there's it's, so many things. There's the mental aspect. There's the let's keep kids in, involved because otherwise they're going to run off and do whatever the heck they want, and you don't know what they're doing, um, give or take. So again, this is just a it's a crazy it's, time. It's Pete. crazy. It's crazy, and you know I hope. I think I said this to Joe Morelli yesterday, our our Bob, our uh, soccer writer, one of our soccer writers, and I was like, I hope we have a fall season for what we have. Like, I hope we have something because it's some sort, it's some sort of normalcy, right? And you get like, go to a soccer game or go to a cross country meet, you know, to cover. And it just, it brings that just sense of normalcy writing about high school sports for us. I'm talking about us. And Mm. I hope we have that because I think the winter is going to be another huge hurdle to have the winter sports. I don't like, I don't want to jump ahead, but. I don't have confidence in having a winter season and yeah, I, it, I it sucks and it sucks. I've seen, say, but if nothing changes, there's no way we'll be able to continue with winter sports. And then we get to the spring and, you know, you fingers crossed for school staying open. Yeah. Cause I think spring sports have the best chance to play. 
uh, baseball, softball, golf, tennis. I think those have really good chances of playing track. But if the schools don't stay open, then the sports aren't going to happen. And I think, again, sports, high school sports coincide with the schools. And I think sometimes, again, that gets lost between a lot of people thinking that, you know, sports are this overarching, you know, entity, and they're not. They're connected to the schools. And if the schools don't stay open, if we don't do our jobs in the fall and the winter to remain safe and keep the schools open, then don't even think about having a spring season if the schools aren't yeah. going to stay open. Yeah, and that's and, and that's a, and that's a season that I think right now could happen. I think you could have spring sports right now. I've talked I to most, multiple people. I talked to I actually talked to an assistant baseball coach uh, that uh, that I know. And he asked me last week, he's like, you know, I was really hoping that they'd move baseball to the fall. And I said, in theory, yeah, you're coming off the sp- you're coming off a summer of playing. Uh, you know, there's really no warm-up period because you're going from summer to fall. But at the same time, the spring sports already lost the season. I don't think the CIAC wanted to risk starting spring and then having to cut it and be like, sorry, you guys are screwed again. You know, yeah, I know that was a big deal that they wanted to, they didn't want to do. And 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 Lou Marinelli gets into that a little bit with us and a little uh, down the road. But um, yeah, again, I here's the main thing with me is I everyone's I know everyone wants to get back to normal, everyone wants everything to just and in some ways it feels like everything is sort of getting back to normal. We're just not going to have a football season, and you can get a wild bunch of uh opinions on on what people's uh, stomach are it, yeah just check our for this yeah i mean i think the loudest the people who are, are most upset about this are the ones who are the loudest i don't think you hear a lot of people I mean, who don't I, want it saying I, anything i mean, I was you know, I mean there's a plenty of people who don't want it either yeah um but i keep going back to the other sports like you know what cross well, country was- okay but field hockey soccer you know, if you're going to do football, you might as well do those. You know, I don't even understand. I still don't understand swimming. Like, I don't know. You're indoors. I don't I don't understand that. But, again, some doctors think that that's fine. Chlorine, right? That's what people say. I don't know. I guess. But I, I was at Guilford on Monday for girls' soccer practice with Joe, and I took, like, a nice wide-shot photo. Soccer team's practicing. The cross-country team's running on the track. Um, I think boys' soccer was up on the top. Field hockey was up on the top field. I don't know where boys soccer was. They might have been coming on after. But I was like, fall sports in full swing at Guilford. And literally put my phone in my pocket. Two seconds later, my phone just starts ringing. And it's just, not no football. Come on, Pete. There's no football. There's no football. I'm like, okay, guy. Like, is, every, is everything that we're going to do in the fall going to be brought all the way back to football? Yeah. Like, we're going to write, yeah. we're going to cover hand Guilford boys soccer and Han's going to win or Guilford's going to win. And then the first comment on the story is going to be like, well, yeah. we don't have football, so this season yeah, doesn't yeah. count. Like, well, yeah. All right. So what we have coming up is uh, we have uh, – uh, ECC has already announced an 11 on uh, – sorry, 7 on 7 passing lead in conjunction with alignment challenge. The CCC is about to uh, put that out as well. Uh, I think the DPH in the state would rather the school districts just stick with that kind of stuff, the low, the low risk – um, you know, seven on sevens and then keep the linemen in, involved. I know it's not the same. I know it stinks. Um, you know, I feel for a lot of these kids. I mean, and then about these private leagues, I mean, the numbers to me, Pete, just are seem so exorbitant. And, it's expensive. Uh, and and then you got to deal with 
insurance, which I've been told isn't isn't that bad per person. Uh, but then the getting the equipment is expensive, and then getting the fields. If this goes off, I think it'll be very limited. It will be a very short, you know, just a few teams, that handful of teams that can do it. It's not going to be like this wholesale league where we have it like normal. It's just not going to be it. Football is effectively done in Connecticut, as far as I'm concerned. I don't, I like, I don't see them pulling this together. Look, I'm going to be honest. Lose, I, like, I don't know. I like the ECG. I don't think it's going to be able to pull together. I hope I'm wrong. I, I've been saying this all the time. I hope I'm wrong about everything. Yeah. I really do. I can't. I hate no football. This yeah. This is awful. But I like the ECC's, um, uh, you know, what they're going to do. I, again, you know, we talked to Lou about it. He's, I asked him about seven-on-seven, seven and he told me I didn't like linemen, which is not true. But, you know, I get it. It's a good point. But it's something. The whole time we've been reporting on whether football is going to be played or not, whether, whether they're going to play 11-on-11, 11 11, all this stuff, the ups, the downs, the roller coaster ride that it was – was that coaches kept saying they just wanted something. Give us something. Well, seven on seven is something. And I know, I know it's not football. I know that your linemen aren't going to get any, aren't going to be able to play seven on seven. And that's why they have the linemen challenges. And yes, it is not the same. It's not right. But at the end of the day, they talk about wanting to be together and having kids together and keeping the team together because they'll have something to look forward to. Well, seven-on-seven and lineman challenges do that. We can't just start picking and choosing what we deem what we want. You said you wanted something. They're going to give you something. I'm not saying, like, you know, you have to take it with a big smile on your face, but it is something. It's keeping the kids together, right? The coaches said, well, if we don't have football, maybe the kids aren't going to go to school. Well, if they have seven-on-seven or lineman challenges that they have to perform in, or, or, or prepare to play in, well, then they're going to go to school because then they can't perform in those. Uh, they can't, you know, play in those. So isn't that what, what it's about? Like, yes, 11-on-11 11 11 football is so much fun, and we love it, and we all enjoy it so much. But if we get down to facts, it, that is something to do. It's something that these kids get to do and play and look forward to after school, and they get to be together. And if you want to start getting into the technical stuff, well, they're not going to have tape to send to colleges. That's fine. That's a different conversation. But the conversation at the beginning was having something for them to do. And this is something. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean that it's wrong. And that's something that I don't understand is that they keep saying, we want something. Well, here is something. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's not something. But it keeps the kids together keeps the team together. They get to still be around their coaches who for a lot of these kids are mentors and people they look up to, and you can still make a difference in someone's life, even if it's just coaching seven on seven football. I, I, you know, I'm not calling anybody out or I'm not trying to make a big deal of it, but the kids are still together. And I I, I get the, I listen, listen, if I was them, I would fight for football tooth and nail too. So, I mean, you know, I, I just because you are told you can't do it, it doesn't mean you don't give up the fight. I totally get no. that. So, I mean, I was know, and, I, I, and I get it. And, rally, you know, yeah. and, you know, if they want to get these private leagues off the ground, that's fine. But we can't just say we're going to make a private right. league. We have to look right. how much is insurance going to cost. We have the fee. Do we have fields? We don't have equipment. Like, you, yeah, at one point or another, people need to just start looking at the facts. And the facts show that it's going to be very hard to do slash probably not going to happen again right. hope i'm wrong i would love if new canaan gets their private league up and running and they get to play 
Fairfield or Fairfield Prep or St. Joe's? I think you have to look at this at a case-by-case basis. If some kids get to play, you know, within some sort of structure, then, you know, more power to them. I, I don't – I think for the most of the state, though, it, it's just – it's it's false hope. Um, you know, and I still think that there's a chance to go to spring. But even, you know, as we've talked with, with Lou about, we really don't know um you know if that's a it's that's a good idea either or where we're going to be by then it's just this whole thing just stinks (laughs) you know it just does and uh absolutely stinks because what has happened in the last couple of months has been like you know coaches and media members and stuff is just turned into this one you're either on side of playing or you're on the side of not playing right and it's just everyone going at it and like that's not what the football is normally, right? If we're normally playing football, everyone, I mean, there are, you know, people mad online anyway during the football season, but there's just so much more like camaraderie and like, eh, we're back, we're playing football. I'm at a game, Sean's at a game, Ned's at a game, you know, and there's just, just, just camaraderie, but it's just turned into this, this black versus white argument. You're either with us or you're against us. Right. The fact that us, the, the idea that, First of all, number one, this is the last thing I'm going to say before we get to Lou. Number one, the first thing I'm going to say, we're news reporters. We're not, you know, we're not cheerleaders here. And we have nothing to do with a kid getting tested positive on, on Maloney and going to the rally. We have nothing to do with that. So anyone want, you know, that's just us reporting the news. You want to get mad at us about that. You guys got a serious problem. And everyone wants the, oh, well, we, it's not positive. It's not positive. We're not here to do, we're, we try to do positive and we're going to talk a little positive a little later, but you know, unfortunately, we're not in. If you don't want to see pot, if you don't want to see negative stuff, or you don't want to see any news about this, unfortunately, this is the reality we live in, and that's a thing. You know, and that's unfortunately the reality you live in. And the sooner you come to grips with that, the better. And don't yeah. tell me it doesn't exist. We're- and don't tell me I'm the guy. Game time CT shutting is the sole reason that that football got shut down. That's ridiculous. That's um, again, we are we here. we are news reporters. Yeah, you know, we're and and that run- is a news story. So we're not here to pump up and say this is great. This is going to happen. Blah, blah, blah. Like that's not our jobs. And there are people out there who, who do that. You want to put your faith in football scoop? Yeah. Fine by me. I, I, I'm sorry if you do that because I feel bad for you, but if you want to put your faith in, in those kind of things and people telling you yes all the time, and then I, you know, I don't know what to tell you, but that's right. not, it's not, it's, not it's, a, it's dishonest and it's not reality. And that's a big problem. And I, I find that as a problem, not just with this, but just across the board in the country, or maybe even the world where people don't want, they just want to hear the good news. They just filter out everything in bad news or they dismiss the bad news and they just get the good news. And that's where they're coming from a, a position yeah. of that. Like, so don't, yeah, don't. you have to really, listen, I, I think we're all big, you know, we're, that's a part of being an adult is getting out there and, and understanding that, you know, bad news is bad news and regardless, but it, it, that's our job. Our job is to do news. Our job isn't to, you know, sugarcoat everything. So anyway, <laughs> so anyway, with that, because Lou yeah. was so much fun. Lou is so much fun. Enough of that gloom and doom. I'm sick of it. I really hope that some – I'd love to see a football season. Let's get – let's bring on Lou Marinelli. Joining us on the show is, of course, the great Lou Marinelli of New Canaan High School. He's been there for about as long as I've been around, uh, which is a really long time. He's the all-time winning coach in Connecticut high school football history, although you talk to some people like, wait a second, didn't he, didn't he coach at Yorktown, New York, or wherever he was? Yeah, um, right. But yeah, but welcome, uh, coach. Uh, some crazy times here. Uh, thanks for joining us, giving a little time here, uh, and uh, braving the, 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 the parkway and all the stuff you need to get to <laughs> home. I know it's kind of a crazy day at New Canaan, 
just, uh, you know, some kids, but 55 kids getting in quarantine today, uh, which, you know, kind of throws a, it just seems that this thing just does, is just not going to go away. And, you know, and how, how have you guys, well, first of all, how are you guys holding up over there? I know it's kind of crazy. I know Fairfield's been a hot spot. You know, how does a guy like you, you know, coach, kind of navigate through all this and, you know, how you guys doing, I guess? Well, you know, we, we have 140 kids out for football. And, uh, you know, New Canaan is a very special place. Uh, it has been since the day I walked in there in 1981. And, uh, you know, there's something very special about the town, about the kids that we coach. Uh, it's, it's just uh, when you have kids that, especially as my senior class, my heart is breaking. For, for our seniors because they're such a good class. They're uh, so cohesive and they're, they're, they're just, uh, you know, they've been looking forward for this, you know, and, and every year, uh, you know, kids come up through the program. There's freshmen, there's sophomore football, then there's JV and then there's varsity. And most, most of our kids, not the Zach Allens of the world or the, uh, the La Polices or those guys that, uh, you know, jump up, but most kids come up through the ranks. So when you have the majority of your kids coming up through the ranks and it's their turn that they've been waiting for, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to do everything I can to get them a season or whatever, whatever we can, because uh, my heart just breaks for them. Well, yeah, just talk about that a little bit. Uh, you know, you guys are obviously at the forefront of you trying to put some sort of a club league or, or at least a competition together, at least against each other or, you know, what, what do we know on that? What's the latest? Uh, you had a meeting, I guess, yesterday or last night. Yeah, it, uh, now it's just a matter of trying to figure out who's in and who's out. But And, and it's expensive, uh, you know, and, and, and it's hard. You know, it, it puts a lot of stress, puts the stress on the coaches. And then, you know, I think administration is trying to do what they can do to, uh, you know, obey the uh, Department of Public Health. But we're all in a, in a funny situation. Um, uh, it, it's really hard, and I'm not. I'm. Not, you know, I don't like the idea of privatizing this uh, because of so many unintended con consequences. Where it's going to turn into something like AAU football. High school football is a very special thing, where the high school coach, the college coaches, and you know, uh, the, the high school coach is involved in so much, whether whether it be the recruiting or just helping in the college process, just where you want to go to school and be a student or getting jobs and things like that. If all of a sudden we, the un, some of the unintended consequences where, you know, well, okay, we're gonna go private. And you know, Lou Marinelli, uh, he'll be our coach because he's been around forever. Then all of a sudden, you know, you lose a few games and you know, Lou Marinelli's getting old, we gotta get rid of him. And let's get some <laughs> young guy in there. So you, some young guy comes in and says, I wanna be the best, have the best program in Connecticut. So let's go talk to the kids at Stanford or, uh, uh, you know, some of the inner city schools whose programs aren't, uh, you know, possibly what New Canaan is. And we'll talk them into coming and playing for us. And the whole thing gets blown up. You know, it, those, those are unintended consequences and things that I would hate to see because I think high school football uh, all over the country really is very special. And, and for, for us to privatize and, you know, there are a lot of guys that want to make money and certainly – you know, our league is not one that is, is looking to make any money at all. We're just trying to give our kids, a, uh, you know, a season and get them on film. And those who want to use it for college, fine. But there, there are those guys that, uh, you know, are, they see, you know, the opportunity to make a buck. So they'll, they'll seize it. And I think that will ruin high school football as we know it. So I would hate to have that uh, happen on my watch. 
Well, Pete put together a nice little uh, a graphic that kind of showed us what the cost of the equipment is. And what was the final? What did you have, Pete? Well, according to to the numbers that I received, it was something. It was between high end and low end. It was somewhere between like eighteen thousand and like thirty eight thousand dollars for a team of fifty. Obviously, depending on your vendor or who you get your wholesale items for, it could be more expensive. It could be less. But that was kind of the range that I was given. The thing that's sad is that you know uh, the the um, people up in Hartford have decided to to dig their heels in and not allow it because it could be done if the schools were to sponsor yeah, uh, right. the football as a club and allow us to use the uh, uniforms and everything else um, in the fields and make it easy. But, you know, it's, it's just another hurdle that we have to cross. And it seems like every day there's a new hurdle. Uh, but, you know, they, they've chosen not to do that. So, you know, we're going to have to do whatever we can. And, you know, like I said, New Canaan is a, is a, is a special place. And uh, you have parents working like crazy, not only to raise funds for kids that can't afford it, but to raise funds for other, other schools, the schools in Stanford, the schools in uh, Norwalk, uh, the schools in Bridgeport, you know, if they, if they want. Um, so I, uh, you know, I, I hope we're able to work something out and I hope we're, we're able to not to piss off the administration too badly. <laughs> Well, well, I yeah, guess no, so. I think Go ahead, you Pete. bring up a good point with like uh, other sports have other outlets, right? If there's no hockey season, there are a thousand youth and men's leagues that the kids can play in just to play baseball. Basketball is kind of the same. But there's, you know, you finish high school, maybe you could play a little semi-pro in a couple of leagues in the state, but that's it, right? I mean, once your high school career is over, if you're not playing in college, that's really it. Yeah, you could play intramural flag or touch or I was uh, an intramural flag superstar actually. Were you really? Uh, yeah. Were you all little, league? Were you all I, league where you played? <laughs> I was not. I was uh I was like, you know, the nickel corner. I I did go up against Joey Devellis, head coach of West Hill in college and it got real physical in flag football. It's Joey about that one time. I will. I, I, I will. may I may have gotten mad and thrown the football at him. But, <laughs> but uh, I mean, that's, you know, a lot of coaches say, like, that's not the same. And, and I understand that. But there is no tackle. Like, I mean, I play softball now. But, like, there is no alternative for football, it seems like. Like, you know. But yet, but yet in Connecticut, football is probably the most legislated uh, sport there is where all these other schools or all these other uh, sports have the opportunity to play. And. You know, we do uh, most of the schools do seven on sevens in the off season and stuff like that, but that's not that's not football, as you're saying. But but is it is it something though? Like I feel like just a lot of the responses we've gotten on stories or talking to coaches and you know all the crazies on Twitter um, are like, oh, you got to give the kids something, you know, when they were gonna just get rid of eleven on eleven. They're like, you have to give them something, and then they're like, okay, seven on seven. And it's like, no, 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 that's not something we want. But it's like, well, it's still something. Right, you wanted something. They're offering you something, but now you don't like it. Like, that's kind of uh, something that I just have a hard time with when they're like, "We need to do something for the kids," and it's like, "Okay, seven on seven. It's not what you want, but it is something. It's something to keep the kids together, right?" 
What do you have against fat kids? That's what I want to know. Oh, I love one. Hey, I go to the I go to the Berlin line, the lineman challenge. That photo Sean used on our story on the ECC. That was my photo. That was my photo. I love the lineman challenge, and I understand how important they are. Right. In the right. game of football, obviously, but right. it's isn't it better than not being together, not being organized, not keeping the kids together? Well, I, you know, again, you you've separated the skill and the alignment, so it's it's really not. Uh, it's it's not that team experience that you really want. I mean, you know, you, you can uh, you can try to duplicate that, but there's no way, there's no better way to do it than with tackle football. You know, with the team where every every all all 11 people have a job, and you have to do that uh, every play, and uh, it, it builds such uh, relationships among the kids, among the coaches. Um, it, it's hard to do that in seven on seven, and it's hard to do that when you're having a tug of war with the linemen. Um, I, I, the whole thing is just, uh, it, it, it's very sad. That's why we're going to try to do whatever we can to get our kids some kind of uh, season. And I, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to get the uh, uh, administration, anybody upset, but I, I think it's, it's, it's our duty to do what we can for our seniors. What, um, what, what are the hurdles? I mean, we talked about equipment, but we're also talking about fields, right? We're talking about insurance, talking about who is in and who is out, you know, with all that, talk, tell us a little bit about the hurdles, but then uh, conservatively, what's the latest we could probably pull something together and what would it look like? Okay. Uh, the, first of all, the, the, the biggest hurdle, I think, is to make sure that whatever we do, that we abide by the protocols for COVID. Uh, you know, we got to make sure. And, and one of the uh, things that we're trying to get done is, is testing the kids every week, um, you know, so that we're on top of this and anybody that uh, is positive, obviously, uh, won't be able to play. But that, that's the number one thing. Uh, then, you know, the, the school, if they're not going to help, then you got to worry about equipment. Um, and if it falls now, we're fortunate in that our youth program, uh, has a ton of equipment, um, that, uh, they've been, they've been using for years. And actually, if, uh, if we need a helmet or shoulder pads or they need something we've for years, we've always uh, gone back and forth. So I think we've built up an inventory where there is enough, not for everybody for sure. So, you know, we're going to have to buy uh, as an organization, as the New Canaan Youth Football uh, League, we're going to have to buy some, uh, you know, some helmets and some shoulder pads and, and the kids are going to have to buy girdles, but they, they mostly have those anyway. So that's, that's a, uh, a hurdle that we have to overcome. Uh, of course, you know, we want the kids to be all insured. We want the coaches to be insured. Uh, to make sure that, you know, if something does uh, go awry, that we're at least covered. Um, and then you have the, the, the practice fields. Now, I, I, if, if, if uh, towns are trying to stop this, then they're going to, you know, charge exorbitant amounts to, uh, to let us practice on the fields and, and, and for games. Uh, however, you know, if, if it were a club sport, uh, then everything would remain the same. It's just you cut out the CIAC. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I think they've been told not to not to have that happen like that. But and, and it's too bad. There's a lot of kids in the state that are missing out. And and honestly, you know, the kids in New Canaan, Darien, Greenwich, Westport, uh, Fairfield, 
if they don't have football, you know, uh, I mean, they'll, they'll miss out on a great experience, a lifetime experience uh, where they'll make relationships uh, with those guys for the rest of their lives. They grew up with them, playing football with them all through. Um, but if, uh, you know, if, if you don't do it, that, that's just a, an experience that, that's lost. So uh, I don't know, I, I just think you gotta really try. Uh, and then, you know, the, 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 the other problem I have is that now, which, which I hate and how, how we ever got to the commercialization of high school sports. And I don't want to get into that. That's a whole nother time. <laughs> yeah. But you know, if it wasn't for some guy that grabbed me by my, my hair when I was uh, a young kid and, and straightened me out, I don't know where I would be. So, I mean, I've been, I've been coaching because I, I want to be able to do stuff like that for kids that, you know, uh, may not have somebody to tell them that. Um, so that that's why we're doing what we're doing. But now I'm in a situation where if parents have to pay, I think it's 550 bucks for their kids to play. Uh, so you, you've paid you 550 bucks, but you know, you hardly got in. So now, you know, right. now it's, now it becomes on me. And uh, so are we trying to win or are we trying to, you know, get everybody in? I, I, you know, I, and I don't know the answer to that right now. You know, it depends on, on how the league goes. So there's so many things and, uh, you know, I, 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 I wish I could give you prices, but it, it's expensive. Um, but if, if an organization is doing it, making the purchases, and you don't put that burden on the family. And one thing that I can, uh, that I will say that I'm proud of uh, since I've been at New Canaan, no kid that ever wanted to go to a camp, no kid that ever needed a protective equipment, a, a custom pad or anything like that. None of no kid that couldn't afford whatever it was we were doing ever had to go without. We, we, and, and, and that's the one thing that's special about New Canaan. And, you know, you talk about uh, the alumni, you know, I, I'm sure I feel very confident if a, if a, 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 a Sean Patrick Bowley didn't have a helmet and couldn't afford it, that I would call up one of the alums and say, hey, look, I have this kid. He's a, he's a really good player. He just can't afford it. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that they would, um, would would step up they've done it before when we've taken kids to camp and everything else so i mean uh that's what i mean by new canaan being a very special place you coach you, you, time is not of, place there. yeah i know that's right but time is not of the essence here i mean okay. time is of the essence i mean we don't have a lot of time i right. mean it's, you know before we get into it i mean how much would you i mean let's just say you pulled it together in the next two weeks which you know i mean you pulled something together it doesn't sound like uh, uh, it sounds like there's so much you got to get into, but then you got just a few weeks. But I mean, I, I see I, the way the way I look at it right now. I, if you guys were able to do it, I, I could only see you guys maybe playing a handful of games, maybe over like a you know a couple weekends in November or something like that. Maybe New Canaan, Darien, New Canaan, uh, Greenwich, or Greenwich, Darien. You know, or maybe even get some of the other schools involved. Um, how much would you like? instead for the CIAC to step in and say like, we're going to commit to a spring and just maybe eliminate all this. Or yeah, I know there's you know, a lot of hurdles there too, but. Well, who's to say that in the spring, it's going to be any better than it is right now. Right. Yeah. Number one. Uh, I think you create a lot of problems. So I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, we have a lot of kids that are baseball players and, and lacrosse players. So oh, yeah. now you get a junior that says, well, wait a minute. You know, if I get hurt playing football, and I don't play lacrosse, you know, maybe I shouldn't play football. So, I, I mean, it, 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 forces, um, it forces kids to, or 
how would you like to have a back-to-back season where you're playing football and then you jump right into lacrosse? You know, two, um, two I, I, I call it highly, uh, um, what do they put it, a high-risk high risk. sport? Yeah, so a two high-risk sport back-to-back, then to only turn around and, uh, you know, start all over in August again. Uh, you know, it, it's tough. It, it, it's a tough situation. Plus, you know, then it, we'll be at odds with the uh, spring coaches and who's – We, I, I'm very fortunate. We have a good uh, relationship uh, among the coaches in New Canaan. But I know that there's going to be uh, guys going, you know, trying to get kids, hey, listen, I'm telling you, you can get a scholarship uh, over here if you if you just concentrate on this one sport and forget about that for now. It's, it's really not football season. You can go play again next fall. Uh, so, I mean, it, 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 there's a lot of problems with that. Plus, um, you know, Sean, you and I are going to be skiing February 1st. We don't want to be, uh, <laughs> I don't want to be out there on the front and the, You're right. you know, freezing in, in, in the snow. The snow's coming down. We want to get our skis on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, do you feel like, I mean, I know a lot of coaches have their own opinions about it, but do you feel like, the no came down. I mean, I know we went back and forth, but do you feel, you look at other states, there are a lot of other states, there are states that are reversing it. Minnesota just did it the other day. Yes. Um, you know, Colorado gave them the Delaware. option. Yep. Delaware reversed, uh, Michigan. Um, and, and we are seeing a, just if you look at the numbers, and, and not that this is anything to do with football, but the numbers are spiking as kids are going back to school across the country. Um, but those states seem to be making it work. Do you feel like, you know, for a state like us, we didn't really have a really high, we, we pretty much tamped it down for the most part. Now, granted, it's very contagious, but, um, you know, was there a way that you think the CIAC and the, and the, or the Department of Health really should have just been like, all right, we can at least maybe try and do something like this and see where we went and maybe shut, do you feel like they really were, were too adamant? I mean, it sounds like you do. Well, I mean, if, if they were to sit down in late June and July and, and you know, came, and, and all the, the parties came together, you know, uh, but that's not what happened. You know, if it was no from the very beginning, like, uh, who's the, uh, the guy that wrote the article about no means no? Well, no means no, but then you have adults telling you yes, and there's a possibility, and kids are on the edge. Oh, wait, one day we're going to play, next day we're not, next day we're going to play. I mean, uh, I, I thought it was really an unfair article. Uh, in, I think, no, I think uh, it was, I think it was uh, Mike, Mike tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was unfair because, okay, no is no, but you don't have the adults all on the same page as no. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're all on the same page as no in March. Uh, and and if, if that was the case, and they came down from the very beginning, but I mean, we were always sitting on edge. And then finally, when it did say no, uh, and, and, you know, the CI said, well, it's not us. And, they, it's, it, you know, it's the Department of Public Health. Well, and then you look at, at other states that are doing it. And that's why you have, you know, guys like myself and, and others that are saying, well, you know what, if, if, if you thought we could have, uh, and it's the Department of Public Health that's saying no, when we have the lowest numbers in the in uh, in the country, it, it just doesn't seem right. And you talk to the uh, you know, I have one kid that left school to go play in Georgia. He played his first game on Friday night. He actually sent me the film of it. He's doing great. Uh, oh, wow. He actually was in three days of pads and played the game. Wow. Uh, 
So I mean, how about the how about the youth element too? How, they're allowing. I mean, I know those are <laughs> private enterprises, but they're allowing youth. I know they have the jurisdiction over the school, the CIAC, whether they can sponsor or not. But then you look at the youth organizations. Not all of them are playing. I mean, there it has been some issues, but you see that as well. That must be just infuriating. Well, how do you think my uh, my seniors feel when they're actually helping coach some of the youth teams and they're going on their fourth week already yeah. of games of yeah. games. And, and there hasn't been, knock on wood, there hasn't been any problem uh, COVID-wise, at least that, that I know of. But, uh, you know, it, and it's such, a, it, it's such mixed messages. Uh, nobody, honestly, I don't know any coach that would want to have a, a player or, a, or any teacher would want to have any of their students have uh, come down with COVID. Absolutely right. not. However, I will say that uh, the age, you know, from ages 15 to 24, your chances of dying of COVID, as I understand it, I could be wrong, are 0. 0.00071. Yeah, it's low for one. kids. Yeah. It's low for kids. I mean, kids. I'm, me and my coaches are more at risk than anybody yeah. else. And I'm, because, you know, but. And I think that's what the DPH has been trying to say. I and mean, they've been trying to say they don't want to see any spread, period. I mean, and we are seeing cases, again, New Canaan, 55 quarantine doesn't mean they all have it. It, they, they were just in the you know vicinity that like you guys could have been shut down this week if that was the case you know what I mean that if you guys were playing this week they could have been like Lou you're out but I mean but anyway go ahead but wait a minute no, but Sean then if that's the case and they really felt that way mm -hmm. why didn't they shut schools down of right. course there's going to be a spike when schools go back you got all those kids and is it better to have those kids with me at practice for two and a half, three hours after school, or are we gonna let them just wander wherever right. they go? You know, I mean, I understand that. I, I mean, I just that's I a just fair don't... point. It's a fair point. I think that's the CIAC was trying to argue that they would prefer. Listen, the kids are gonna go do what they want. I mean, that's we've seen that. I think Joe Delvecchia brought that up. Kids are gonna do what they are gonna do. If you don't have them in a structured. I think the CIAC was arguing for a structured environment that you guys can provide and. Without that, it was kind of like, well, you're kind of inviting trouble to begin with, and you're going to get more out. I mean, you could argue that. I, I have no problem with you arguing it. Right, so. and, and that's that's where they came up, I think, with the seven-on-seven seven alignments challenge, just to keep those kids involved. But honestly, you know, if if a kid is aspiring to be a college football player, those coaches don't want to see seven-on-seven seven film, yeah. and they could care less who wins the uh, tug of war. But right, uh, you know, they want to see kids, you know, actually playing the game. Yeah. So, uh, oh, sorry. I quick, you brought up that your coach, that your athletes are coaching youth football. Yep. Um, one of our colleagues, Scott Erickson. Um, nobody he likes him. Nobody yes, likes. Nobody Scott. likes Scott. <laughs> um, he texted me that his son Sammy's playing. He's on the third grade team. I, and I promise you this: that third grade team will be the state champions. <laughs> This year, they'll be the, the state champions of the third grade this year. Well, I wanted because I was told that you were at one of the games, so I wanted a quick scouting report of Sammy Erickson. I mean, uh, I know he's uh, that, not only not only him, but Charlie Silvestri's on that team, too. Yes, I heard, oh, and, wow, and, and I'm telling you. And the reason that they're going to be state champions, I think it's the only third grade team in the state, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I that's how I know they're going to be state champions. Uh, let's you, let's look. I would love to have them. I've been trying to do this for a few years now, but somehow I just couldn't get it off the ground. But I'd love to have them play at our halftime, you know, of a big game on youth night or something like that. Because, you know, you go up there and you watch these kids and uh, Chris Silvestri and, uh, you know, Scott and all those guys that, that coach that third grade team. 
It is hysterical. It is hysterical. But and he makes every every kid play every position. Uh, I mean, it's he just he does such a great job. They really do. Apparently, Sammy's been a quote unquote beast with tackles. Oh, absolutely. Oh. I've seen it. Absolutely. <laughs> What's that, you, Louis? You gonna stick around for a what? What what, what class? Is it? The twenty thirty class? What what is it? Or thirty one? <laughs> I gotta start working out and take my yeah. vitamins, man. <laughs> Speaking of uh, guys, you know, you have had uh, an unbelievable run lately. Of you know, you guys got you got Zach you Allen two playing NFL players on one team. Two NFL players. I mean, I mean uh, right. Lucas Zach isn't playing this year. year. Yeah, Zach graduated a year ahead of Lucas, I believe. Yep. Yeah, but so Lucas op- Lucas opted it. Had. Lucas, who was drafted, uh, he's opted out of this season. Zach Allen, who had a sack week one. And Mike Collins, who's a power five quarterback on that team. Right. right. <laughs> and, that doesn't, and that doesn't include, like, I'm pretty sure La Police was on that team. He played Ivy. Yes, he was. He played at Harvard, right? Uh, and, and you want to know something? All the kids you mentioned, as good of football players as they were, they're better kids. They're better people. They're better young men. I mean, they're – they're driven. They're, they, it's not just football that they set their sights on. I think Zach Allen and, and La Police obviously was smart. Uh, um, as far as Mike Collins goes, he started at Penn. Yep. So all those kids were really good students. And they're, they're the kind of uh, young men that you want your son to be, all of them. Uh, you know, Lucas, Lucas as well. I mean, uh, they were just driven and uh, very determined. I. You know, I, I don't think I had very much to do. I think they were going regardless, but, uh, you know, yeah, they're I think big boys. They're talented. They certainly helped us. Yes, they did. Well, yes, like they did. when you when you had that team, because obviously in 15, um, you guys also made the run uh, to win it all. But in 14, when you saw that team, you have Zach and you have Lucas on the lines, you have Collins. And like, did you look at them and you go, okay, well, he's going to play in the NFL. He's going to play in the NFL. No, I, <laughs> You know, I mean, uh, the the only kid that well, unfortunately, the uh, we had a, a we lose him. Um, nope. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Jason you, Jason, we... Jason Cooper played for. Um, he was on the, the practice squad for the Miami Dolphins and the Texas uh, uh, Dallas Texas. Uh, um, he's Texas. Houston uh, Texans. Not not the Houston's, but the Dallas. Dallas Cowboys. Right. Uh, for two years. Then I had a kid, Matt Kelly, who was with the uh, – he's actually uh, lives in town. His son's actually playing for us now. Uh, he played for the Giants for a little while, got cut, but then played for Barcelona. Uh, and I can remember going down to Giant Stadiums when Barcelona came in for that World League. That was cool. Oh, yeah. I, I did have a, a kid at Yorktown that played as well. Um, but, I mean, you never, you never, you never think about it, – it's so hard to get – to the NFL and the percentages are so great. You never think about that, uh, but you, you knew they were good students and if it didn't work out, uh, NFL or even college football, you knew they were gonna do well as young men and going out and getting jobs and being successful and those guys will be. Uh, and that doesn't have... even include Kirk Caselli, or Kirk Caselli who's still playing in the major leagues. Right, Kirk Casale, and don't forget Max Pacioretty. He never played football, but I mean, how about how about New Canaan has two guys in the NFL? They have a guy playing for Cincinnati and uh, Major League Baseball, who was a tremendous football player, by the way, oh, All-State yeah. quarterback, and he he could have punted for Vanderbilt, uh, you know, had had uh, had he wanted to pursue that or his coach let him. 
but, you know, I mean, a small town in New England and have two guys in the NFL and a major league uh, catcher and a, uh, an NHL hockey player. It's not it's, only it's a hockey player. He was captain of the Montreal Canadians, which is an amazing honor in the NHL on top of, he has the best quote in new Canaan yearbook history. Um, I, I heard, or I actually saw a photo of it his freshman year. He was on varsity hockey and they asked him, what's the best part about being on the varsity hockey team? And he said, going to all the varsity senior parties. Which I thought was awesome. <laughs> but I'm it, sure they, there was just cookies and milk there because yeah, the yeah. hockey team is very, they're very good. Plus, Bo Hickey would have killed them, but that, that's a whole yeah. different story. But it is, it is really crazy when you just look at it. And I think I was talking to Terry Denine about this last year when Zach was in the NFL, and he's like, how many towns have an NHL player, an MLB player, and an NFL player? In Connecticut. In Connecticut. And in like, Connecticut, yeah. Or anywhere. That's amazing. Right. It is amazing. And, you know, uh, I, 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 had a, I had a chance to go to dinner uh, about a month ago with uh, a lot of guys from the 1982 championship, and they still are together. And uh, you want to talk about the value of, of, of football, uh, you know, and with high school kids and, and those guys, uh, just to listen to them talk uh, about their experiences, what is it, 40 years later, uh, I mean, it, it just – it, it, it's good to know that some of the seeds you sowed were, you know, are developing and have developed and you see how successful they are. When you see how they are still involved in the program, they want to give back. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's an unbelievable experience for me. Well, I'll we, tell you, I went, we, we, we didn't I even talk about Turkey it. Bowl. Sorry, quick. I went to the Turkey Bowl last year for the first time and like, La Police was there. Collins is warming up with Drew, which I know Sean's going to touch on a little bit. It was really nice to see all those kids from like only a couple of years ago coming back on Thanksgiving and just hanging out. Like I thought that was so cool. Once a Ram, always a Ram. You know, and and it, we've 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 said that from day one. And how many kids? Uh, not they don't all keep in touch, but a lot of them do. And it just you know when you when you when you've been there as long as I have, it just it's like wow. Just, uh, it, it's amazing, really. We didn't uh, even talk about Drew, Coach, uh, uh, Drew Pine, <laughs> who threw, you know, I, all who I know that? is. Wait, I, wait, who was that? Yeah. Drew Pine. <laughs> he, was his, he was his quarterback that you had that, yeah. you know, I, he, I, uh, made, he made some headlines back in his day, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was away. I was away, and all of a sudden I saw my Twitter, my notifications against Alex Lapolis yelling at me and Pete and, and Jeff Jacobs about. I was uh, watching about, the game. I was I'm like, wait a minute. Well, hold on. He threw his pat. You know, he he got into the game, and like I think Alex was killing us. I don't. I don't remember killing Drew. I loved Drew. I thought Drew was a great quarterback, <laughs> I, but I'm like, apparently I was, I'm a I was watching the game. I grew up a Notre Dame fan. My dad's like uncle went to Notre Dame, so I grew up watching Notre Dame. Like I remember when Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator, was the quarterback, and like you know, going back to like Cardell Holiday and like the beginning of Brady Quinn. So I got the game on. I'm just working on something. I'm not really paying attention. They're up 45 nothing. And all of a sudden I hear because it wasn't Tarico because Tarico was doing the U.S. Open. The the guy who was doing the uh, the the announcer goes and New Canaan, Connecticut. And I just kind of like turned over to my TV and I was like, holy crap! I was like, Drew's in the game. So then I took my phone out and I just started taking like a million photos and, and videos to try and like get something, but. I mean, that had to be wild, not only to go there because it is Notre Dame, but to get in in his second game. He was a backup quarterback. Like, he didn't put him in because he was a freshman. He put him in because he was second on the depth chart in that game, which is right. wild. Right. 
You talk and, to him, and, Coach? Yeah, yeah. He, matter of fact, he texted me in the morning. He said, Coach, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I made the second team this week. I hope I can get in. So I said, well, best of luck. I hope you do. Make us proud. And then he said, he, after the game, I said, congrats. It's a great game. And he said, Coach, it was awesome. It was, and then when I completed my first pass, he said, I just had goosebumps. It was unbelievable. And, and here's another one. You know, you want to, he's a very smart kid. He, he probably could have went to an Ivy League school had he wanted to. He had offers all over the place. But he's a better kid than he is a football player, and he's a hell of a football player. But all those kids, I mean, I, I've been blessed. I've been, I've been really blessed with, uh, you know, the kids I've had uh, play for me. I mean, it's, it's been unbelievable. And, you know, I, when, when we went down to TCU to watch uh, um, Lucas and Mike play, my wife and I, I mean, I, I think I'm the proudest guy in the stadium. I mean, it's just to see them both playing and, and doing well, uh, so it, it's, it's amazing, really. And then, you know, going up to watch uh, Zach when he was at BC. Even last year, when I went to visit Johnny in Arizona, uh, we got a chance to go to the Cardinals game where uh, Zach was. So it was, you know, it, 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 it's, it's great for me. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. It's a thrill. That's your, that's, your second, that's your second Notre Dame player. And for the school, or is it? Your second or third, and for the school, they had obviously they had Pete Demerley, who's yeah. a, you know the legend not just of New Canaan but Connecticut and, and Notre Dame. Right. So, but now he's joining that. I mean, to have all those guys going to Notre Dame, which is the cradle of college football, it's right. We had a, we had a kid. It's actually the third kid we had. We had a kid walk on and make it uh, for a while, and I think I don't know what happened, but uh, I think he uh, um, dropped out. But you know, to go out there and to to just walk the campus and to see. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's like it's such a storied school and such a storied program. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. And and I I completely forgot that one of them was Connor Hanratty, whose dad was Terry Hanratty. I mean, you guys are like dripping with, I mean, imagine Drew goes on and has this legendary career. You guys are just dripping with like Notre Dame lore and you can't even, they must have put you on, you know, underneath uh, Lou Holt and Eric Carcegian. Oh, you got to put right near touchdown Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> but the Buchanan Ram. That place, that place, though, Coach. I'm, I'm sure you've been there. That's a, a strong assumption on my part that you've been to Notre Dame. Yes. That place. Yes. I went my senior year. So my guidance counselor was a huge Notre Dame fan too. I could never get into Notre Dame in any lifetime, and I told him I was going on an I was going on an official visit to Notre Dame because me and my dad were going to go to a game, and he just looked at me and he's like, Pete, you can't get into Notre. Dame. He's like, I can't, Rudy. I can't give you, I can't give you a excused absence to go, to go to Notre Dame just for a game. And I was like, come on. Like I never missed high school. I met, I had one unexcused absence in four years of high school, courtesy of my mother. Um, like she never <laughs> let me miss school except for the Giants parade in 2011 after they won the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. And so I came up, I came to an agreement with him that I would buy him a shirt and a little bumper sticker that he could put in his office. So like, it seemed like someone went to Notre Dame from him as long as he gave me an unexcused absence. And he did. And then I got to go, I got to go watch Jimmy Clausen win his first game as a quarterback in Notre Dame against Duke. Nice. It wow. was wild. It wow. is an amazing, amazing place. And I was actually going back and forth with Drew's brother, uh, Brendan on Saturday. And uh, he was saying they were all excited, which was great. But I reminded him because in the winter, Drew was smack talking me on Twitter because I posted uh, a photo of a gingerbread house that I made. And it was, I was with a couple of friends and I was like, whose is the best? And I was like, you know, one, two, three, or four. And he was like, well, number one's the worst one. 
And I was like, Drew, what the hell, man? I covered you for four years. I thought we had something, you know? And you tell me I got the worst gingerbread house. So I told him, I go, just because you're on national TV doesn't mean I'm not going to forget about this. Yeah, I'm right. still very hurt about it. <laughs> but, like, you talk about them being good kids and stuff. And, like, what Lucas did last year at, at TCU, TCU when he played with the hip injury yeah. to play, I think it was against Texas A&M. No, they, they, uh, it was against Texas. That was his last game. Yeah, and he, and he played. played and, he played, and then uh, he was operated on that Tuesday, I yeah, think. But he could have hurt himself even more, right. which would have hurt his NFL draft stock, but he decided to play because he wanted to play against Texas. He wanted to play for his teammates, and they won. Yes. That was, I think that was the last game they won, I think. Yeah. I'm not sure. And that but, was um, – I mean, that's just – he risked everything. But he, he, which shows you the the bond that football players have, uh, and the doctor said, told him, uh, you know, you really, you really shouldn't play. He said, well, I gotta play. I go, we're playing Texas. I have to play. This will be my last game. I promise. I'll come. I'll, I'll come. He said, okay, we're gonna operate on Tuesday, but I just want you to know that you know it's it's a risk. And he said, it's okay. I'll I'll take the risk. I, you know, I mean, it, the things like that that uh, people people don't understand and. Uh, but, you know, for his teammates and to go down there where football is king and, you know, a coach from Connecticut and his wife, there just mingling with the players and the coaches and stuff. I, it, I just just so proud. I mean, I, was, I, I can't explain it. It's just uh, just a great, great weekend when we went down there a couple. We, we actually went down for two or three. But, uh, you know, I remember I remember being at a Columbia Cornell game. And I think Cornell eventually won, but two of my players were like the top players on each team. Uh, you know, uh, Nico Gutierrez and uh, Kurt oh, yeah. uh, Andesh. I mean, it, it, it's such a thrill to watch them because you've, you, you've seen them since they were like in, in you know, the uh, youth football league and you watch them come up and then they play for you and you get a chance to, to get to know them a little bit better. And then when you see them there and then they, they graduate, they go and they become very successful. It's just a tremendous thing. Well, I um, think you have to touch on the Zach Allen photo that's over Sean's shoulder. Oh, yeah. Um, when he dunked on the goalpost. Dunked on the goalpost. been coaching for a very long time. That was obviously a 15-yard penalty. I think well worth it. But have you ever – and just to paint the picture for people, they're playing Greenwich. Uh, he drops back in the coverage from the line, gets a pick six, homecoming, and just dunks on the goalpost. In your, you know – 30, 40 plus years of coaching. Have you ever seen something like that? Or was that kind of the first time that you were like, okay. He has, like, and I was at that game. That's Tell him, right. coach. Ke Kevin McCarry dunked it uh, against Darianne. I think he's actually coaching at Darianne now. Yes. But uh, it, it was a long run. And uh, as he was, as, and by, he was very fast by the time he crossed the goal line. He was like, I think I have, a, I have a picture of that one in my I have a video of that that I probably will put over this. There you go. So, uh, Perfect. But uh, it was, you know what? It was funny. I, I think, I, correct me, I might be wrong, but I remember Jerry McDougal was at that game. Right before, it was right. right before he died. Right before, I think it might have been yeah. his last football game. Yeah. I, I think yeah, he died. So, in, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it might have been his last one, but I remember him going there. And uh, But it was at the end of the game. You guys were beating him up pretty good. And then it, Kevin just dunked right. <laughs> it was like unbelievable. Right. So, yeah. That's two within so, three years. Yeah, right, right. And that, that was one. I think I told him, I said, all right, you know, if we're winning and you catch that, then you can do it, you know. Never <laughs> thinking that we would ever be in that situation. Then when he does it, I got to, what do you, and it, coach, 
right. Okay. You're right. I remember everybody got mad at him for that. They also got mad at the uh, at the the the, the, the hammer, hammer that year. The hammer. The hammer had his own Twitter account. Matter of fact, the, the hammer was impounded by the police. We couldn't get it back. Yeah. Uh, and then you Trouble had Dave. Police. Dave Rudin was interviewing the the hammer. I mean, it was it, that thing created such a stir. <laughs> And yeah. we had created this tradition where the, uh, the, the kid with the best hit uh, got to carry the hammer out. It was like this, you know, <laughs> this badge of honor. But then, I, I don't know. Yeah, St. Joe didn't like that when you put no, it on their field. Like so, yeah. so they've been beating anyway. us ever since, I think. Yeah. yeah. Go, uh, coach. Uh, go ahead, Pete. That's just too funny. I just, just the Zach Allen one, I remember we threw it up on Twitter. Uh, Jimmy Graham gave him a shout out. And then there was the rumors leading into the NFL draft two years ago, Jimmy Graham was on Green Bay and Zach was connected to Green Bay in all the mock drafts. Right. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, they're going to be on the same team. And like, cause Jimmy Graham was like, Zach Allen's my favorite high school football player in the country. Yeah. Right? Cause Jimmy Graham used to dunk all the time in New Orleans and they were so close to being teammates. And that would have been yeah. awesome. Right, it would have been. You know, I, I remember being when uh, Zach was getting drafted. Uh, it was a little bit different this year because of COVID, but we were down in a restaurant in uh, uh, in New Canaan, and uh, you, you, the, the staff was there and everything. And then when it came up, everybody in the whole restaurant just uh, you know started cheering and everything else. It was it was just a, a, a tremendous feeling, tremendous. We've kept you long enough. I'll try to end this uh, conversation uh, I, like three times. Going, I know. <laughs> Co Coach, we really appreciate you coming on. And whatever comes of the, this league, I mean, I hope the kids at least somehow get on the field together, at least. Yeah, I hope uh, so, too. I hope you don't get everybody upset, but uh, we'll see what well, happens. I mean, uh, you got to do what you got to do. As you mentioned, you know, it, it, you lose something. I mean, I'm walking around fall and I'm up, uh, you know, it's just not the same without a football game to go to. So you lose something. You know, you could argue the well. What's 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 best for the kids? What's best for the community? What's best during this nutty times? And I think I've said this last time. This too shall pass, and we'll be looking back on it, going, "Wow, how did we survive that?" Yeah. But I think that I think staying the course here, you know, kind of accepting what comes with you, and, and f trying to find a way to fight through it. I think that's what football players are good at, and that's what you guys teach them. So, um, I think that's that's good. But uh, coach, we really appreciate you having on here, and uh, it was fun. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate we'll, you guys thinking of us. That's great. All right. It was a lot okay. of fun. Thank you. I'll see if I can work my way off of this now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Coach. All right, Pete, that was Lou Marinelli. I told you guys it was going to get a little more, a little lighter toward the he, end of the is, I, Can we do a little behind it. the curtain before Lou jumped on? Oh. He, was, he was on his phone trying to talk to us, but the sound wouldn't work. He's so funny. Oh, he he just he's a yeah he talk about positive he likes to brighten the he brightens the room up just he does, he does. and like but he gives you sincere honest answers it was very candid um he tells it like he sees it and that it's refreshing um you know especially nowadays it's refreshing when someone tells you like it is and you know he understands he seems to understand both sides and what i really liked what he talked about was yeah, maybe New Canaan can pull this off. Maybe St. Joe's can pull this off. Maybe some really good towns and schools who are, you know, well done financially can pull this off. But they're not forgetting about the people who can't. And I think yeah, that was they're going to try. I, I, again, try. I'm, a, I'm skeptical. I like the tries. Another important thing I thought Lou brought up was like, he doesn't want this to be a, you know, he doesn't want an AAU football. And I don't think you can really do it. It's not like hockey is probably the most expensive 
like you know junior sport you can play right am i am i, am I maybe you'll uh, uh, no, hockey wise, more than hockey any is very equipment wise i just bought and rent rent and and uh renting rinks or getting rink time yeah. that's important too uh I, but football just is just a whole nother level as far as all that's that's concerned it's well, really it, hard to do it's yeah it is and it, it's definitely going to be i hope they can get it off the ground they, they seem to have the right people uh trying to direct this ship um you know so that's all you can as long do as yeah their their heart is in the right place at least yeah their heart is in the right place and that's nice to see um but i agree with him saying you know no he doesn't want he wants if it's going to happen he wants it to be a one and done he doesn't want aau look we we could talk at lengths about you know those aau programs not all of them you know those summer baseball leagues and and stuff like that where it's just money just money trading hands and you know the kids are never at the the forefront of that conversation so if it gets done i hope it gets done and i hope it's a one year and we get back to competing for state championships next year just a quick thing before we go um our deepest deepest sympathies and condolences go out to the uh the rocco family and wilton uh son george Dorocco unexpectedly died uh and uh, he was a member of a football team, and uh, you know that's we don't we hate to see that. That's just awful, and uh, yeah. I have nothing else really to say other than our deepest sympathies to all the guys at Wilton. We love you, and our hearts go out to you. So, uh, um, and uh, so I guess that's going to be it for this week. Um, we're going to try and do a lot more of these. We got a lot of stuff. We still got a lot of football stuff we're going to do. We're going to try and do over the next few days. I mean, not just with club leagues and leagues and all that stuff, but with uh, with other uh with stories about how this has impacted everybody and uh, you know what what comes next so uh we hope you join us thanks for lou marinelli joining uh us on the show this week and uh that's it pete any other final notes nothing just stay safe and and i i love everybody yeah <laughs> okay pete for peter Bragaga, i'm sean patrick bully this has been the meat grinder and game time season